0: Megan, let's dive in, and I want to ask you, how did you come up with this vision? Was this something that you had always wanted, or how did you become clear on basically investing in real estate and creating these passive income streams for your family?
1: Real estate was not something that I had really thought much about or planned for. When I came to work with you back in 2012, I was 21, I think, something like that. I learned a lot about the rental market, how to rent properties, how to write a lease, all that kind of stuff by working with you and with your company. And so that definitely opened my eyes up that that could be something I could do in the future. Even at that time, it really wasn't something on my mind. I thought I was too young for that kind of thing and that that was something I would do in my 30s. That was like a way far off plan. Antonio, who's my husband back then with my boyfriend, We were living in a one-bedroom apartment that he had had way prior to me. By then, we'd been together for two or three years, and I was starting to think about the future, and are we going to get married, and are we going to have kids? And if we do, are we going to stay in this one-bedroom apartment? And I didn't love the one-bedroom apartment. It was a basement unit, and there was no light. And every month, it was a month-to-month lease, it was getting more and more expensive. And we have been sort of talking about, well, what do we want to do? I had really great credit at the time. He did not, and that was something that we were looking at working on as well. The first house that we bought is a townhouse. It was totally driven by circumstance. So we were paying $610 a month for a one-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment. We both agreed that kids in that one-bedroom apartment was not what we wanted. It wasn't going to work for us, but we also didn't really know what our options could be. And we were only three years out of the great recession and prices of homes here were still dirt cheap at the time. So I went to the bank by myself and I just said, Hey, you know, I work part-time. I go to school full-time. Here's what I make. Is a mortgage even an option for me? And surprisingly, I was able to get a mortgage by myself. It was
0: a $50,000 mortgage. Wait, you bought your townhome for $50,000?
1: We bought our townhome for less than $50,000.
0: No wonder I told you not to sell it. You know, I don't know that we'll ever go back to that level of pricing. I don't know, maybe. I definitely think that we're moving into a shift right now with real estate pricing. I don't know. The market stats are pretty good for our area still. Part of me thinks that everything that's going on with in our economy, in our world, it's going to affect prices. I mean, I don't know how it couldn't, truly. And I think there's going to be opportunity. And that's why I was super excited. I'm like, I want people to just see your story and be totally inspired and know that they too can create this.
1: It was on the market for $37,000. And we ended up getting in a bidding so We ended up overall paying $43,000 for our very first house that we owned
0: best ever.
1: And it, <laughs> it was just so crazy. It just happened to be good timing. Things just kind of aligned. I think because we take advantage of where we are and what we're wanting, any opportunity that's out there, it ended up working out for us. And I was 21 when we bought that. I feel like that's pretty young, and I'm pretty proud of that. That was our two-bedroom, one-bath townhome that we still own, and it's been... Easily the best investment we made. We were there about four and a half years. We got married when we lived at that town home. We had my son when we lived at that town home. A lot of early good memories happened in that home. In 2015, my son was about one when this conversation started happening. We were outgrowing our townhome. By then, the market had rebounded a bit. Prices were more expensive. I was out of school, and I was working full-time. But I wasn't making crazy good money or anything. I reached out to the same loan agent that I had worked with the first time around and kind of said, here's where we're at. Is this possible? Which at the time, you know, we owed pretty much nothing on. Our mortgage, I think our payment was less than $300 a month at the
0: townhome. And how much did you end up renting it for when you first got your first renter?
1: 800 a month was the first time. I mean,
0: that's like <laughs> gold right there. I
1: think our monthly payment after we refinanced and took cash out was maybe 500 and then we were renting it for 800 So we were always kind of pocketing that money. Mm-hmm. So we went from our one-bedroom apartment to our two-bedroom townhouse to a three-bed, two-bath. The money that we were profiting on the townhouse partly towards my student loans, and then we actually paid off our vehicles that way too.
0: You used the basically the cash flow that you were getting from the rental to pay off all of your debts, right? Right, yep. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Then what happened?
1: So we had said when we bought it that we, it was kind of going to be like a five-year house, we thought. We didn't know if after five years we would just buy another investment property if we would try to upgrade ourselves, but we just kind of figured in five years we're going to reevaluate where we are, what we want, and what we can do. And so we agreed, okay, in 2020, we're going to start looking at properties. We're going to get pre-approved. We're going to see what we get pre-approved for, and that'll sort of determine whether we buy an investment property, a new property for us, that kind of thing.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So January of this year rolls around. We get pre-approved for honestly far more than we at the time wanted or anticipated needing. We found one house, which is the house we ended up buying that I'm sitting in right now, and when we saw the pictures, we were just like, no. this The layout's terrible. There's just no way. The pictures might not do it justice. Let's just go see it. And truly, the pictures did not do it justice. This house was perfect for us. It's exactly what we wanted, pretty much across the board. But then it came down to financials, and we're like, all right, this is more than we thought we would buy for ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's a little expensive. But Antonio and I, over probably a week we really looked at the numbers and looked at this would be our monthly payment and what if we took money from the townhouse and do we sell the house we're leaving or do we rent that one out so we're really trying to decide what properties we're keeping how can we afford this we really decided okay the goal going into buying a house this year was to add a property it was never to sell a property to upgrade it was to add a third house and if we're going to stick to that goal and it's then that's our retirement plan. If we're sticking to this goal, then we're not selling the house we're leaving at. Luckily for us it came down to we can do this.
0: So the original yes, town right home now. now goes for a thousand and your mortgage on it is like nothing.
1: We ended up doing another cash out refinance on that property to have a larger down payment on our third home. hmm The mortgage payment on it I think is seven hundred and we rented out for a thousand sixty five. Wow three bedroom house that we just left, that one rents out for fifteen hundred and the mortgage is a little under eleven hundred. Oh my gosh. So we profit about four hundred and fifty on each property.
0: Wow. I and mean eight hundred dollars a month profit on these properties. And I mean of course you have to pay taxes and things like that. So let's just say, you know, six hundred sure. a month or whatever. That's another, you know, $7,000 a year that you could pay down towards debt and things. So then what happened to the debt? Did it all go away?
1: Along the way, we were always trying to get rid of consumer debt. We didn't really count mortgages as debt. By the time we bought this house, we had already had both cars paid off. We had no car payment. So we had like a $5,000 credit card racked up and then my $5,000 student loan. And that was it for our debt. And now I'm sitting here debt-free. We have three mortgages, we have passive income, and we have
0: zero debt. I don't even know what to say. This is why I wanted you on the podcast because I want everyone to know that they can create whatever type of financial situation that they want. I mean, you said it yourself. It's not like you or Antonio had majorly high salaries. It's not like you owned your own business because, you know, not everybody wants to or can or should have their own business and so it's like important I think for people to realize that really your empowerment Megan and this is why I just esteem you so much is because so many people want they want to get out of debt they want to have passive income they want they want they want but they don't take action and I kind of remember the day that we were in the office and we're like, well, you were going to sell your townhome or whatever. And I think it was Greg and I and we were like, no, we were like, don't do it. And I think that was before I even like owned a home. But I was just like, don't sell it because you make money when you buy. Why do you make money when you buy? Because you bought it right. I don't think we'll ever see a condo go for 50 grand again in Boise no. And then now what you'll be able to do is pay that off eventually. And there'll be a, a decision point where you want to say, oh, is it worth the whatever $1,200, 1300 a month? Or do we now want to sell it for 300000 right. and then take that 300000 and then put that into a 10 or 5 or 8 unit property? You're just so positioned to, I mean, retire. So tell me about your vision for retiring and What has opened up for you as far as conversations you're able to have now, visions for your future? How have things changed? We're not talking 20 years. We're talking 2012 to, we're talking eight years. So what has changed and opened up for you as far as possibilities?
1: We are both truly living the life that we had maybe, I don't know, dreamed of um, or hoped for but didn't know if it would ever become reality. I came from a single mom, and granted, I had a great childhood in life, so I don't ever want to make it seem like I struggled, because I really didn't. I'm sure my mom struggled in her own ways to make life happen for me. And Antonio came from a more challenging upbringing, for sure, certainly more challenging than mine. I think for both of us, To be in our dream neighborhood and our dream home with our children and provide this life for them is a real accomplishment for us.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm really proud of us. I told Antonio that last night as I was sort of looking over the questions you had sent. He worked late, but I sent him a text. And I said, you know, we've been married seven years, we've been together almost 11 And I'm really proud of what we've been able to accomplish in that time. And I think we have a really bright future ahead of us and I hopefully our children do too.
0: It's so awesome. Megan, Uh, you guys are just my poster couple for (laughs) Megan, people talk about this, you know, I've had so many people want and they ask and but they just never act. So what do you think it was that made you act? And take all of these steps and really figure all of this out for you and your family.
1: I think part of it is that I have to know kind of what the limit is. I have to find out if the answer is no. And then I'll give up, truly. If I know the answer is no, then I probably won't push against that. When I found a random loan broker, that the answer would be no, you are not qualified. You don't make enough. You don't work enough you're about to have student loan debt, you're not married, so there's not a second income, to so go in on this. I truly thought the answer would be no. Mm-hmm. If the answer would be no, then I would go on to a backup plan. But when the answer turned out to be yes, it's okay, well, then I'm moving on this. This is where we're going. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with the second house, same loan broker. Again, I assume the answer would be, you know, here's maybe 100000 and there's nothing that's available in that price range. But when the answer was yes, and actually you get this much money, and you could buy any one of these properties, then I'm going to jump on it. Mm-hmm. We act on circumstance and opportunity. The opportunity was there for us to act, and so we did. Antonio is cliche. It's probably the yin to my yang, where I'm maybe a little more panicky and concerned, and then he'll come in with the more rational, well, we have this much money, we have this much debt, we will be fine.
0: Mm-hmm. So you make a good team, but you're also willing to take that step. And so it takes a partnership to balance both of those aspects. So what would you say to someone that is listening and they're like totally inspired, but they just feel like they don't make enough or that they can't really take steps towards their future? I
1: would say you need to find a loan officer and ask them those questions. Lay all your cards on the table because the loan officers aren't there to judge you. And their job is to tell you, here's what you can do. And then it's your job to decide if that's what you truly want. You have to at least make that step to find out if the answer is no. Don't decide the answer is no before you know that.
0: And then what about just your budget and how you operate with the money that you do get? So many people think like, oh, well, I need to treat myself. I need to this. And they make all of these emotional spending. Maybe it satisfies them in the minute, you know, for the next 10 minutes that they purchase that right. thing. But at the end of the day, they're still where they were actually probably worse off as the years right. go on. How do you manage your budget? And do you have resources for that? And more than that, what's your thinking and mindset around just like your day-to-day spending? A
1: few years back, the credit card had gotten a little high up there. And Antonio was like, well, we're, we've been putting $500 a month at this credit card. How has it not moved? And that was a really tough conversation for me because I knew it was my fault. And I had to sort of own up to that and recognize that all that spending, it may have made other people happier for a minute. It might have made me happier for a minute. But in the end, we still had a credit card debt that, that after putting thousands of dollars, that hadn't really moved and I said to him that I would make more of a conscious effort to stop needless spending and to prioritize debt and saving money.
0: So how did that Uh, shift?
1: From then on I ringed in my own individual spending. At the time we had separate bank accounts. For me as an individual having my own bank account I think almost gave me a little permission
0: Yes, girls, preach, preach. So, do you guys have combined bank accounts now?
1: Only out of a month ago.
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah. So
1: that's really tough to realize when you are the problem. <laughs> to to acknowledge that what you've done has affected your family and it's inhibited your goals and. That's a really hard pill to swallow. But at the same time, it was an absolutely necessary conversation and realization to have.
0: Yeah, it's like growing up, right? I mean, it's like you want all these things. And I mean, girl, I'm right there with you. I am the you in the relationship where my husband (laughs) is like, we have allowance. Basically, is how we handle it. So we have a certain budget every month that is for personal spending. And it's not just a budget. It's a separate complete debit card that he has and I have and we get a certain amount and it goes towards everything as far as like even dyeing my hair, cutting my hair, nails, if I want to get a massage, clothing, anything like that and it comes out of my personal, we call it the pocket money like Dave Ramsey and it's increased over the years. In the beginning it was 125 a month or something like that and I mean I would literally get my hair cut once a year (laughs) because that, i mean literally and then and it's increased a lot thank you god you know i've had to work for that increase and i've also had to uh fight for that for that uh <laughs> who initiated that program for the
1: two of you like did ugo have to come to you or no. did you have
0: to go to him so how it came down for us was in 2012 the same kind of time frame as you guys really started on your journey we were in debt. We had a condo in Mexico where Ugo's from that was vacant because it was just in the middle of the crash and so we weren't able to sell it for a year. We were paying on two. We had just moved into our new house in Boise. We got our first house for 203,000. It was brand new and in southeast Boise, which is, crazy. is um, crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. So anyways, what happened was we were in major distress. Like our marriage was in distress. We were fighting all the time about money. We were blaming each other. We were going to debt every single month just to be able to survive and pay our bills. And finally decided to go to counseling. I mean, it got really bad. The counselor said, you guys need help and you need financial help. And she said, I recommend this Financial Peace University. So we went to that and then we did all the homework. We were very, very committed. We did everything the class told us to, we did it. And so one of the nights, you know, you had to sit down and do your budget with your spouse and come up with all the numbers. And that's when we really sat down and we're like, what do we want out of life? Kind of like you and Antonia, like, what are our goals? Like, what do we actually want? Let's make a budget that reflects that. What we wanted was our goal that we set out eight years ago was to have all of our overhead covered by passive income. At that time, we had no freaking idea how that was going to happen. Like, no clue. But we set a goal that was seemed impossible at the time. And so then we said, well, what's it going to take? First step, get out of debt. And how are we going to do that? Well, we've got to create a pocket money account and stick to our budget. And so – you know, in the beginning we were kind of like loosey-goosey. We just wrote down the budget and then we both had debit cards and there's no accountability. There's a major, right. yeah, there's a major level of accountability when your debit card has declined because you're out of pocket money. I mean, I don't have a credit card <laughs> and <laughs> and it's like we've put all of these little bumpers in place to make sure we stay accountable and yeah, it's painful. You know, it was super painful, especially back then when I was used to spending whatever I wanted and we had first gotten together, and I was like, wait, what? Right. I'm a grown-ass woman, you know? But that's immature. That's not maturity. You said that you had to look in the mirror and realize that you were responsible for this continuation of this debt when you said and looked at each other in the eyes and said that you wanted to accomplish a certain thing. It's not fair. That takes major accountability, and that's why I think you're awesome. So- yeah, I, I've had to do the same thing multiple times, you know, look at my own self in the mirror and be like, I got to stick to this pocket money. I have no other option. And then I think of all the things we've been able to do and it's a direct result to that discipline and that commitment to our future plan and vision. So I totally get it. But we combined our finances immediately. I mean, we didn't really have any money, so it wasn't that hard. So, all right. but I think so many people, well, I know so many people who are married that keep their finances separate. And what would you say? say to that.
1: I had a hard time telling anyone how their marriage should operate. Because, I mean, we went, you know, almost 11 years total with separate bank accounts. And for the longest time, I would tell everyone, because I talk about this with my friends and stuff, I'm like, yeah, it works for us. This is how we like it. You know, we don't see what we buy at Christmas for each other, and it keeps all the mystery, whatever, whatever. We were sort of forced this year to combine our finances because the third house that we bought is monthly twice as expensive as the house that we left how we used to do our bills before was okay i'll pay the utilities and like the daycare and with my payment check or my my salary or whatever and you pay the mortgage and like it's pretty much a 50 50 split in terms of dollars
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but then when we bought this house well if one paycheck is responsible for the mortgage then there's no money left over for that individual both of us were like, that's not really 50-50, and then we were both like, it's also not very responsible. And yeah, so because if you spent like
0: $1 house, over, then you could right? bounce your mortgage.
1: Yeah, exactly. When we bought this house, I opened an account, both of our names. We now have four accounts that we both have complete access to. An account for the townhouse, an account for the house that we just left, an account that we just call "bills" that's for the mortgage that we live in. It's for all the utilities, anything that we need to pay out of that. Mm -hmm. And then we just have a general savings account.
0: Did you, do you have a date, like how many years that you think that you're going to retire?
1: So I met with a retirement specialist a couple months ago, laid all the cards on the table, and it looks like right now I could, without any change to our lifestyle, because that's something I also wanted to mention on the podcast was that even through our debt paying our paying off our debt process and the house buying process one thing that Antonio and I had always said was that unlike the Dave Ramsey methods and things like that we were not willing to significantly alter our lifestyles to make our goals happen yes we willing to like stop eating out to stop going to movies stop taking the kids to play areas, mm-hmm. stop traveling, we weren't willing to do those things to pay off our debt sooner. There you go. We balance. We could have, but we weren't willing.
0: Yeah, balance is, uh, is key. Yeah,
1: exactly. And that's still the case now. Is I mean, we're in quarantine, so it's not really a choice. <laughs>
0: but, yeah, uh, now, now, now it's really good for the budget. <laughs>
1: nonetheless in, in our whole home buying debt payoff process we were not willing to sacrifice the lifestyle that we like to accomplish our goals
0: sooner you've still been able to hit your goals with living the life that you want and I think that's a really important thing because a lot of people don't even want to hear about debt payoff journey because it means they have to sacrifice so much and I think that you're a great example of you know no it doesn't necessarily have to mean that it just means that you have a goal and you make active steps towards that and you create a plan and you work that plan and I think that that's the key and you guys are such a beautiful example of that and I'm so grateful and I really really admire your tenacity and your ability to take action in the direction of where you want to go it's it's really really inspiring and so I wanted to to make sure everybody heard your story so that they too (laughs) can know that absolutely there's no excuse they can create whatever type of life that they want for themselves no matter what and I know some people are probably thinking to themselves oh you know well that Megan just had good timing you know what yes and here's the situation friends there's always opportunity in any market but if you're cut off and you are thinking to yourself that it's not out there it won't be So I would encourage you to look at property, to familiarize yourself with what's out there. But before that, you know, start with a budget, get a plan, have a vision and begin to execute on the vision because that's where it all starts.
1: Absolutely. You should take advantage of all the opportunities around
0: you and you should not feel bad about it. Not feel bad about it. Yeah. Make no excuses about taking advantage of those opportunities. Okay. Well, if people want to connect with you, do you want people to connect with you on social media?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't really talk about any of this on social media, so they'll mostly just be, like, pictures of my kids, so...
0: <laughs> well, if you have questions or want to wanna talk to Megan, you can find her on... Do you want to give your handle for Instagram? Megan underscore Gregory underscore 2013. Yeah, I think if anyone, you know, wants to uh, ask you any questions, you'd be open to that, right? Yeah,
1: and, you know, if you want to throw my email address on there, always, like, I'm very available by email, and i typically prefer that because I can put all my thoughts together more cohesively thank you for having me this was so fun in my first podcast and I hope that people get something out of it totally open to questions we're a very regular family we're regular people that work regular jobs that are making our dreams come true and everybody should have that chance